Welcome to the division Sunday night divisional round edition of the PFF forecast. For many of you, it is the 18th, but we're recording this on the night of the 17th. This is a fun one. We go over both the Saints and Bucks game that we just watched, Browns and Chiefs from earlier, and then we're going to preview both of the conference championships, talk a little bit about some potential Super Bowl matchups. Deshaun Watson getting traded where his best spots are um, for him. Even some Lamar Jackson, whether it's a no-brainer or not, that the Ravens should extend him, plus a few other things mixed in there. Uh, Drew Brees obviously retiring and where he ranks all time. So this is a great show. Let's rock. What a day. What a day. You're sweating through the Chiefs like a maniac. I was worried for you. It's your birthday. You're a Chiefs fan. Mahomes gets hurt. They pull out a win. We're going to talk about that game in a second. Um, we're going to talk about the, the Chiefs, uh, sorry, the uh, Bucks and the Saints first, though, because I sweated through that game like a mother. And if you follow me on Twitter, um, you may have seen some feelings about Bruce Arians. What was your takeaway from that game? Well, as... You know, obviously, being a fan, I was more nervous about, like, that, gestures at everything. But I had Chiefs, like, because the, the, the betting moves today made the, te made the most obvious teaser available, which was Chiefs at, like, minus two and a half or less, Bucks at plus eight and a half, because that game got bet down to two and a half. And obviously, the Chiefs' leg was a huge sweat at the end. Yep. And, and then the Bucks won. I think that only ever got to a seven-point deficit. I showed up to work here. It was a seven-point deficit. And then the Saints had the ball. You're talking about Jared Cook fumble. Dan Campbell's pupil, by the way. The, the, the Jared Cook fumble. Then you had a. Then you had the interception by Devin White. Then you had the final interception there. Like That really turned on a dime. We, this, is, this was Bruce Arians doing less with more than any coach i think in recent memory has done in a game on a day where drew Brees, who may have done more with less than any qb in terms of talent this career that he oh, had you're saying he had the lowest amount of talent and he right on his in his final game and i thought that was very interesting and drew Brees basically won this game for tampa bay tampa bay ran the ball on 30 of 51 first and second downs in this game. The highest run percentage of any team, of any team in the divisional round, higher than the Green Bay Packers who were stomping on the Rams for most of that game, and that actually makes some sense. Um, I come out of this game as someone that thought the Bucks had turned the corner offensively, and I am very worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of what Bruce Arians, they, they just have not figured it out yet. They just simply have not figured it out. And it worries me. Well, so looking ahead to Tampa Bay or to Green Bay, I'm like, man, Green Bay got lucky, I think. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, is when you think about teams in the future, football's a noisy game. So the question becomes, 
when you win a game like this, when you get a ton of positive variance, yeah. do you do you feel it's sort of see hockey in in the idea that like I was right, I should have run I, yeah, Rojo exactly. and Fournette all the time. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the game, those guys also kind of got going right. When yeah. you're winning the game, it's easy for you to feel as though you're winning because of what you're doing after you've taken a lead, mm -hmm. which was run the ball successfully. Now, I will say this: Tom Brady continues to throw the ball well like if you were thinking about one of these teams winning this game and having a chance to beat the green bay packers it was not the new orleans saints i said this to you during the game if the saints win this game i am taking out a loan the biggest loan that my credit score qualifies me for and i am putting it on the green bay packers i'm wearing a green hoodie right now because i was prepared to go all in on the Green Bay Packers. We have Green Bay Packers Super Bowl futures. I was ready. I was ready for it. I also stood to make about two grand with a uh, Bucks money line win. So I, I was happy either way. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, Drew Brees, though, for a second. He, if this is his last game, where would you, how would you like kind of put his career? You're much better at this than I am put his career in context, uh, the other quarterbacks that he's played against this era, where would you have him? I would put Breeze in a tier beneath the GOATs. And, and the GOATs being Manning? Well, like, so Manning, Brady, Brady, Montana, Steve Young. Um, Patrick Mahomes, pa Chad Henney. <laughs> Chad Henney being the, the goat back. By the way, uh, Steve Young got to start as a backup. Maybe we just haven't given Chad Henney enough time uh, yet. <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, like the elite, you know, the elite mm -hmm. of the elite. I'm, I'm actually, obviously, I, I want to um, sort of think about all time, obviously. But like, you know, Favre, like Rodgers, I think you can... You can dice it up here as far as like who deserves what Elway, Marino, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Kurt, like I think Breeze has less of a case for that top group of like a half a dozen players than a player like Favre, a player like Rodgers, a player, you know, sort of on that edge like Elway. Mm -hmm. it, it's weird. Going across eras is really weird because Elway had seasons of being like 4-12, and 6-10, and 10, all that kind of stuff. But so did Breeze. Breeze had three consecutive 7-9 and nine seasons. So um, I don't think he's in that conversation with Manning, Brady, um, Montana, even like Steve Young, people will laugh at this idea, but Steve Young is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I won't laugh at that. He, he's um, incredible. But, you know, but I think Breeze is firmly in that sort of second. He's all a famer, first ballot. He's firmly in that conversation, I think, with guys like, with, with guys, you know, like Elway, mm -hmm. um, you know, Favre, where there's like, oh, wait, there's like a little issue. With Favre, was he threw too many interceptions, big games, he kind of had an issue. Breeze, I think, is is very similar in the sense that like, no one breeze never struck fear in any op opposition for the last 10 years despite the fact that the saints were a and still are a very good football mm -hmm. team that you had to take seriously i mean they if they didn't go oh for three or four in the turnover department today they probably win yep uh, the box this is this was about the saints losing the game far more than it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning this game. I mean, this was the fumble by Jared Cook and the interceptions by Drew Brees. 
Sean Payton, to his credit, Sean Payton and Tom Brady on the same team win this game by 40 points. Doesn't matter who else surrounds them. That is clear. Sean Payton dialed up the play that the Bears ran against them last week. Certainly the Bucs watched that play on film. He ran it against them and, and just stunned the Bucs. So, you know, I, I, I think about Breeze, and I, I think you hit it on the head. He never had the aura of a Rodgers, of a Brady, of a Manning. If you think about other sports, you think about a Jordan, a LeBron, in, in moments that were the biggest, he was not rising above everyone to that extent. But I will say this. I think what he did for New Orleans, that city and that team is as impressive as what any quarterback has maybe done for any other city, given what was going on with that city and how he created, uh, he lifted them up yeah, yeah. No, when he, they needed it most. For sure, and he, he took a Saints team, I mean, prior to when Breeze, was, what, prior to Breeze becoming who he was, the Saints had never won the NFC South. Mm -hmm. They had, I believe, two division titles in their entire history, and they were both NFC West titles. And they had come off they had the Aaron Brooks era where, you know, Aaron Brooks was a fine quarterback, but then when the wheels fell off, they played half a season in San Antonio, some of the, some games in New York, the, the Hurricane Katrina, like they were looking for stability, and Peyton and Breeze brought that. And obviously, you can never take away the Super Bowl from that city and they deserve it and uh, you know there was a scandal with the spy or the the uh bounty gate associated with it but you know this is one thing where you think about it took the saints all the way till 1987 to make their first playoff appearance all the way to 1991 to win their first division and to 2000 to win their first playoff game and now we're talking about a player who has put New Orleans in a position where we're griping about the fact that they can't win playoff games in the second mm -hmm. you know, round or they the, can't win the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so broadly speaking, Drew Brees deserves a ton of praise for almost everything he's done for that franchise. The problem is now when you move forward, That's 90, over about. 90 million over, un, over the estimated cap, even if you, even if that number's too low, you're in a, you're in a, you're in deep shit, right? So like, and, and then the question becomes, you know, who takes advantage of this? We talk about job openings. Arthur Smith just went to Atlanta. Not that bad. Carolina, still probably without a quarterback. They're not a yeah. threat. Tampa, Brady's going to retire at some point. Like, well, Tampa, this is an Tampa interesting should, division. Tampa should be trying to get Brady squared. Tampa Bay should yeah. bring Joe Brady in ASAP. I, I I love Bruce Arians personally as a person. I, I He's fantastic. Yeah, he, he seems like a great okay. guy. I have not seen a team fail to adjust the way that the Bucs have failed to adjust to the 21st century. I mean, their offense is horrific. And the fact that they have five, not two, not three, five receivers. Tyler Johnson's that out there. That, that was, was an incredible catch. Scotty okay? Miller made a play. Scotty Miller made a play. Rob Gronkowski can still get open down the football field. Cameron and Braid is pretty good. You they haven't seen too high before? I'm sorry, we need to get Darius Butler in here yeah. to help explain how this isn't like I mean, the first time you've seen this coverage. And I don't think you should be wasting what Tom Brady is throwing the ball well. Chris Godwin, I mean, th he has that, right? That's an incredible throw by Brady. Um, you shouldn't be wasting the best years of his career. Brady squared in Tampa Bay, I'm telling you right now. But I think Sean Payton is still the guy that New Orleans wants to have there. 
uh, why would you not? Why would you not feel confident about the Saints rebuilding with Jameis Winston? Well, just because so many other so because right now, I think we're being a little bit mesmerized by the stability that is the Saints. I mean, when you look at that team. Receivers are mostly good. Offensive lines mostly good. Defense as unstable as it is, can they're good. Mm -hmm. And my question is: is we've always seen with Jameis, Jameis is a good football player, but if there's enough perturbations around him, he can still put up stats. He can still be impressive. Yards for play, great. But can you win football games like okay. that? Because because that but, was how but, it was in Tampa, right? Okay, like, but for a second. Bruce Arians is over here ruining vintage Tom Brady. So, I, so you want to tell me, like, because I get it, you know, from a perspective of we've seen Jameis Winston on a bad team not lift them up. I get it. And he's been turnover-worthy prone and all that stuff. But he has made big plays when they are there. His positively graded throw rate, the highest, basically, you know, for his career over that time span relative to everyone else. Now, it comes with a bunch of turnover-worthy plays, too. But... Sean Payton will open up those throws and he will not be in as many positions to try and win the game by himself with an offense that is, you know, from gestures at everything. <laughs> if you can't tell that I'm frustrated, I, I'm sitting there watching a team. No, it with, was bad. With the one quarterback, you have a, two teams on the field, both very skilled. One quarterback needs an arm replacement. The other quarterback is dropping dimes, and yet you need a plus three turnover differential to win the game with the better quarterback. And actually a good game out of the guy we've much maligned. Like, imagine if Fournette had given like a, a median performance for him. They'd right, probably, he actually caught one of the throws. He, well, he, he was actually somewhat efficient, like, flopping around there like let, let me ask you this because i don't i don't i want to get your opinion so who if you are the gm of the saints what are you doing right now okay breeze gives an emotional speech locker room clears yeah, yeah. out the crying is finished it's monday morning what are you doing i am man I, we were talking about this earlier i'm probably shedding every single veteran deal that You're i tearing can. it all down and i am i'm i'm going into next season having an open mind about a competition between Taysom hill and james winston are you drafting a guy are you trying to trade up well they don't have like they've they've been not only have they been hemorrhaging money in the draft they've been hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging draft, draft picks. picks so like they to me it's it's Could, a what if what if a guy like what if, say, Zach Wilson, okay, BYU guy, we love him here at PFF. We have him in most of our mock drafts going number two. He's number two on our big board. Um, but let's say the NFL's low run. He falls into where Mahomes and Watson went, the 12 range. Two, there are teams that maybe don't really need a quarterback that badly. Like, you could maybe trade Michael Thomas and some draft picks yeah, and get – there and draft a guy and you have Sean Payton and yeah. you still have some playmakers I don't know I think it's I mean if you can convince Jameis to come back for five to six million a year I mean who's signing him well I think that was part of the long con to like have him sit and be like had the whole league be like look he sat behind Taysom Hill yeah he's like terrible. how good must he be in reality he's probably better than 10 of the yeah. quarterbacks that are starting for the teams so if he's in there and he's like, and you start him, my thing is again, what you don't want to do, and I, this is where we were going to talk about Cleveland here in a sec. Cleveland, 
was in an awful circumstance. And one of the things, people gave him shit for not taking Wentz. Mm -hmm. People gave him crap for not taking Watson. And they end up with Baker. And even though, granted, Watson's terrific. Like there's, and Wentz has already taken a team to the Super Bowl. But now you look, and there's been a lot of perturbations to Cleveland. Their best receiver's out. Mm -hmm. uh, their defense is kind of, you know, and, and Ward's been out. Uh, Garrett spent a lot of time today on the sideline. And yet, they built an infrastructure for the QB first. And while I, you know, the hard part is, is the way that survival curves work in the NFL. Like, you might not be around to see it, and Sashi wasn't. Yep. But. Died for our sins. But it's hard not to look at Cleveland and say, okay, if you're in that bad of circumstances, you know, there's a small chance Jameis will be your franchise quarterback. Give that a chance in 2021. Yeah. Draft a QB in 2022. Okay. Here's After a, being bad. That way you don't have to give up a ton of picks to go yeah. up and get the guy at two or Are whatever. Are you ready for my ultimate throw okay. the world on its head? Okay. NFC team, very close to a particular city that is in the AFC, that has a quarterback with a no-trade clause who has said, I'm not staying here unless the owner fires himself. Oh, Dallas and Houston? Houston. Okay. Now... Because Watson has the no trade clause, he can kind of, you know, say where he wants to go, right? I mean, you know, ultimately it's going to be a lot. It's, he's going to have to take a really hard line, but it would be getting him out of the conference. You could, you could maybe get back. Um, you'd obviously get back a bunch of draft picks. You'd get some players. You could maybe even get Taysom Hill. I don't know if that's who you want, right? Like, yeah. But if you're Deshaun Watson, and I was thinking about where Watson would want to go, like the Jets, eh, no. The Dolphins, sure. But the Saints or the Niners would be fantastic because you could go compete. Deshaun Watson with Kyle Shanahan's great. Deshaun Watson with Sean Payton would be fucking amazing as well. Yeah, I think the only the only issue is we. You well, there do, are a lot of issues. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, this is again, Sam Darnold. I'm not trying to be, Sam Darnold's another guy. Yeah, but Sam, the problem with Darnold is like he's probably too costly. Like that, this is why they have to do something about the rookie wage scale because because Mac, of how, yeah, yeah, how much Mac Jones at thirty second is going to be probably what. Three million a year, two million a year. Like that's what Jordan Love costs to Green Bay. Like Jordan Love, people talk about how a bad of a pick it is. He hasn't played a snap, and it's not even the worst waste of money at the position. Like, you know, a guy that's picked high, by the time he gets to, you know, the fifth year option, you're talking about ten ish million, which is still a good. It's good, but like, this is New England. This is New Orleans yeah. with with Winston. You're going from ten million to like two or three with your quarterback, and that's a huge deal. Well, Mickey Loomis did a deal with the devil, and it, we'll see if he can do another one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested to see them. I mean, look, my I have far less of a like scrapping and clawing mentality. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like the party's over. You didn't win another Super Bowl. Move yeah. on. And all you're doing here is making it worse by prolonging another. Like, do you think the Saints franchise benefited at all from this season? Long term. No. I mean, sure, but that's such a hard... They had a chance to win the Super Bowl, right? So yes. You, it's not like you, you know, there are yeah, teams with you, a lesser chance to yeah, win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not Bowl. saying if I had the chance to make that bet again, would I? Yeah. I think I probably still would. But at the same time, like, the, the needle is a thin yeah. one to thread here. I agree. I agree. I do think they have a lot of talented players. And unlike you, I think Sean Payton is 
really good. Maybe he gets. I think fourth, he's really good. I think he's the fourth. worst left in the playoffs. That's why, or he was. Uh, besides, the gap between Arians. Sean Payton and Bruce Arians is. The large, the Grand Canyon. Yeah, the rest me, of the coaches were pretty damn good. Let me week. read you the odds provided by um, an offshore book. Lee Sharp tweeted this out. Our good friend, uh, member of PFF's family, Lee Sharp. Jets two to one. These are odds to get to Sean Watson uh, next season. Jets two to one. Dolphins three to one. Bears four to one. <laughs> That'd be funny. Broncos five to one. Colts eight to one. Patriots eight to one. Eagles ten to one. Panthers twelve to one. Washington Football Team twelve to one. Lions. And Raiders also twelve to one. Saints are fifteen to one. Jaguars fifteen to one. Cowboys and Niners are twenty one. That obviously makes me very sad. But um, where should Deshaun Watson want to go out of those kind of favorites there? Jets, Dolphins, Bears, Broncos, Colts, Pats. And Dolphins are the best option for him. I think by I mean, a large margin. Yeah. And and like it's also quality of life. Like I'm. This might be controversial, but like. Brian Flores seems like the kind of guy who players in the NFL want to play for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cal McNair doesn't have, to, doesn't have to speak for his father, but his father once said a number of ins- bad things about players, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and, like, again, that one thing doesn't make a person, right? Like, you can come back from that. But, like, there's a number of things, and they all pile up, and that's when everybody leaves. Mm-hmm. Flores seems to have made zero mistakes. Zero mistakes. Because you look at the, the tank last year. Was a tank in which they found out a ton about their players. But, but they still got a high draft pick. They traded away Minka in a way that was sort of like a... Again, he handled everything well. And all the way to the point of Tua, who was clearly a organizational level decision to start him. But he's still playing Fitzmagic in games because he knows his team he knows how much it means to his team like brian flores is an a plus as far as handling humans so from that perspective like watson clearly wants to go somewhere where he and then the other thing and this is not true i said i talked about this last week and it was part of the reason why i said i don't know if he does get traded of the teams that have to give up a a ton to get watson miami has the most so like they would be the least affected by giving up these picks if another team you know if the Niners went and gave up picks for Watson they'd be they'd be kind of like the Bears and like they don't have another one for another few years Miami can kind of get this all out of the way relatively soon and and obviously get Watson into the fold they have to figure out who their OC is they have to figure out you know uh you know a wide receiver aside from Devontae Parker who they really like you know but it, it, that's the best spot, in my opinion. I think it's not even close. I think it's it's the Dolphins. Here are a couple that I think are kind of sneaky dark horses that would be good for Watson. Carolina, if Joe Brady stays. Any other team, if Joe Brady goes there, I'm looking at maybe even the Eagles. Um, and then I I obviously think the Niners would be a spe- spectacular place for him. But yeah, that, to me, that, the Dolphins are the clear one. I would be very... It would If he went to San Francisco, I'd not only be happy for you, but I would be happy for the idea that Shanahan finally gets an elite quarterback. Because... because oh, you know, Matt Ryan. Come on, man. And Matt, Matt's great, right? But Matt's sort of... Yeah, okay. He had Matt for one year. that Or two years. And... and you know, most of the time he's preferred, and Matt's not an improviser. Matt's a Matt's a very elite well, pocket of, quarterback. Speaking of, I just got a text from a friend of ours, um, initials JT, who said, 
what about the Falcons? Uh, it's a good question. I that's an interesting. The only the only issue with the Falcons, and this would this would have to be. Does Matt Ryan have a no trade? I don't know if that's the the case, but but the problem with the Falcons is both them and Houston are negative cap space. Ah, uh, so it's so, so tricky like, like that works. But yeah. but but Atlanta's got more freedom than, than I like, would feel terrible for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan deserves more than that. Yeah, you know Matt's really had a does. good career. He, um, he's underrated. Where does Matt? Where does Matt Ryan sit? Matt's a Matt's a tier below the tier below we were talking about, yeah, right? I like we're so. very good. Hall of very good. If he wins, let's say he. If he had like a, there are far worse quarterbacks to. If he had a finish to his career like Kurt Warner did, he'd be in the conversation. I think. Absolutely. All right, let's go to Browns and Chiefs. Um, so, this game was interesting because we thought would the Browns come out? Everyone thinks they're going to run the ball, and would they throw the ball? Would they run a ton of play action? Would they kind of attack the middle of that Kansas City defense? And no. They, they really didn't. They ran Chubb. They threw to Chubb. He dropped passes. And you look at that game and you go, man, the Browns are dead in the water. And I, I know that the Mahomes injury, came, that was the big thing. But I really thought that Baker Mayfield's play kept them in that game to the point where when Mahomes did get injured, they had a chance. For sure. Absolutely. Chiefs defense also played really well to the point where Baker had to play a good game just for them to put up what they did. If Mayfield had played a kind of a 2019 Mayfield game, I don't know how much the Browns actually scored, but yeah. he made, I mean, the throw to the throw to Higgins when the fumble happened at the end of the half, was a great throw. There was another corner route to Higgins. Jones on the go route too. Yeah, I don't know if he actually was in bounds on that catch, but then there was... We have reached, alert, we have reached the part of the show where the Chiefs fandom arrives. We are now going to hear from Eric Eager on all of the things that are controversial and the Chiefs fan the, take. The throw that he had to Austin Hooper on the fourth down was a very yeah. good throw. Um, Don't know if he was in bounds. Incredible. <laughs> the Hooper play, I mean, that ball kind of twisted. Yeah, the there were a lot of very questionable um, plays. I can't wait but to no, hear your like take this, on this the, is one the where This is one where if you look back, and again, we we're, I'm not going to speculate. I'm, I'm a doctor, but I'm not that kind of doctor. I'm not going to speculate on on Mahomes' brain injury or, or how, how severe it is or whatever. But assuming he plays next week against Buffalo, and let's say they win, and they win the Super Bowl, this game, when you look back at it, in Chiefs history is going to be a game where I think the defense should get a lot more credit than it, it will. People are going to focus on Chad Henney and Andy Reid and how – Again, contrasts. Andy Reid, shorthanded, without Watkins, without without uh, Edward Hilaire, without Mitchell Schwartz, without Mahomes, still went for like still did the positive EV things. Um, that you, that you're really talking won about the, game. The, the fourth and one at about the fourth and one, but the, also throwing the football. Like they threw the football not on that last drive. They had the, the Browns at the one timeout. You know, by the way, Stefanski was a little bit rough today as far as fourth downs and as far as timeout taking and, and challenges and stuff. But, you know, they had, they ran on first down, took the clock down. They threw on second down. And to Henny's credit, when there was pressure, instead of dumping it and losing 40 seconds, took a sack. Then he, then he turned into Joe, you know, then he turned into Steve Young running the football on the mm -hmm. third down. And then they had the brilliant fourth down. So there's a lot of things that were good about this game for Kansas City. Unfortunately, Moving into next week, there's the cloud of whether or not Mahomes will play because Buffalo is a good enough team. 
where if Mahomes doesn't play, yeah, I mean, okay, Mahomes doesn't play. Do they have? Do they have a shot? I. You think Andy Reid is a as much of a wizard as he is? Can he beat the Bills with Chad freaking? Well, so Penny? I showed you the look ahead lines prior to this week, and it had Cleveland as four and a half point underdogs at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, going into so this, I want to make a contrast because the game right now is minus three. Open at plus one and a half. We started to see reports yep. coming in. It's now all the way out to a full three. So basically, the uncertainty associated with Mahomes is probably worth about a half a point right now. Except for the fact, obviously, you look at Buffalo last night, and they didn't play as as impressively as we might have expected, especially offensively. There was some weather. And the Chiefs, I would say, prior to Mahomes' injury, played a very impressive game. We're yes. on the verge of covering for the first time. In Their months. offense was fantastic. So right? so do you, I would say, what, what would you say the spread of this game would have been? Let's say Mahomes finishes the game, and they would have won like 29-10. They win 29-17, I think it is. Okay, so here's the thing. I I think the concussion may be... The concussion is a big deal. Don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't just throw out the toe injury, okay? Because there were some throws that he missed. Maybe it was a part... It, Romo said he thought it was the toe. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But you need all things to be good. The Bills are good enough to beat the Chiefs at full strength. Yeah, for sure. You need all of those pieces to work. So um, I would go Mahomes at full strength and they win 29-10. It should be four. So, and the uncertainty associated with Mahomes. And this isn't... The, the, un- the uncertainty with the... I think he clears the concussion protocol. And the toe makes me think... Similar to the three, angle a season ago yeah, when they lost to Indianapolis his, and they lost to Houston His His mobility is massive. And I can't believe... Look... I thought Andy Reid was fantastic in this game, okay? The fact that, and this is what I want to talk about with Andy Reid, what people don't get and when they say, oh, Mahomes, you know, he benefits from Andy Reid's system. Mahomes takes Andy Reid's great plays and he takes and he, he takes them to the 95th, 99th percentile almost all the time, okay? But the greatness of Reid is that he can throw Chad Henney in there, call the same plays, and the, the 50th percentile can win you a game when you have a lead. He called that play on fourth down from the shotgun. It was the same play he would have called with Mahomes. That is the brilliance yeah. of Andy Reid. Well, the, way that, the way that Henny slash Reid negotiated the, the, the play clock there, I mean, it was really, they just, it was terrific, right? I mean, and after, and after Henny threw that terrible throw in the end zone, yeah. it, to me, it reminded me of when, you, when you're kind of feeling it and pick up. Yeah, and you know you take a little fadeaway jumper and you, you yell Kobe when you shoot it, expecting a swish, and it's like five feet short. You know, maybe you're by yourself even. Yeah, yeah. That was Henny. He's like, oh, I'm I'm Mahomes on this throw. You know, and it was like, actually, buddy, you're not. Take the throw that's there. Um, and the, I his throw to Kelsey on the penultimate third, the third down very to good. that interception was amazing. I mean, Kelsey. This was the question I was talking to somebody who I know. Um, about the game and they were kind of never nervous about it they, you mm. know had a rooting interest in the Chiefs and I said and I just asked I go who's covering Kelsey today and you saw Denzel Ward got like twisted in, into a pretzel into a, yeah. and then they tried to they tried to cover him with Anderson Deho and that was Cheeks That's and then they work. tried to cover him with Simone Takitaki or whatever the guy's name is and he got and it's like I actually have the exact same question about the Buffalo Bills this next week. And that's well, why... Well, it, it ain't going to be Edmonds. Yeah, and that's why... Or Mil- Milano, either. Milano. <laughs> the, the, 
Mitt, Mitt Milano's, by the way, are a bottom three cookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but so then that's what makes me think it's very similar to the Vikings game and the and the Packers game last year where it's, the spread's going to be somewhere because they're at home. Yep. No, I, so it was funny. I was actually going to – I wrote this down. The biggest difference between Cleveland and Buffalo, Baker played tremendous today. Yeah. It's not the quarterback. It's Stephon Diggs. Baker the, played better today than Josh Allen played last night. I have I, this whole season. I've been skeptical of Baker Mayfield, even this good stretch. Why? Because they've played in they've played bad teams. They've played in in good game scripts. This was a bad game script. He played very well. This is the most confident I have been that Baker Mayfield can be the guy in Cleveland. He was terrific today. He did not lose this game. He gave them a chance to win it. The breaks did not go their way. But the biggest difference is that Stephon Diggs is always open. And Josh Allen, yes, he's better than Baker Mayfield. But the difference between Stephon Diggs and anyone running on the outside for Cleveland is a an ocean. And that, I think, is the biggest thing, yeah. that Buffalo will be able to score so much more because they Kansas have Kansas City also, without Fenton today inactive, also lost Breelander in the middle of the game. Breland's not a great corner, yep. but he starts for them. It's a thing to monitor. Do they put the a guy who had a really great game was Tyron Matthew, both blitzing, tackling, you know, covering. Do they put Matthew in the slot and play Snead and Ward on the outside? I mean, this is a game that's really going to stretch the Chiefs out. I know Davis got hurt for Buffalo last night, mm -hmm. but like they go four deep at wide receiver and are very good. So, and, and the other thing, the Chiefs like they pay Frank Clark a lot of money, and he had two pressures today. It wasn't great. And one of them was unblocked. If Henny has announced the starter, what would you make the spread of that game? Uh, Buffalo in Kansas City, I would make plus six. Or sorry, minus six. So I would make KC plus six. Yeah. And that's only, again, the, the, the thing that people are going to gravitate towards is the fact that last season when they started Matt Moore against Green Bay, mm -hmm. it was they, they lost by seven. And when they started him against Minnesota, another playoff team, they won the game outright. And there is a number of things. Both of those teams were playoff teams last year in the NFC. Chiefs hang around. I I wouldn't be very confident, obviously. I would probably unload all my Kansas City futures and bet them on you know Buffalo or something or just pray that Green Bay gets out of the NFC. But yeah. I, the, I, I think being short of seven, there's a difference between Matt Moore playing week 10 and Matt Moore playing in the playoffs. Uh, and and I'm talking about Matt Moore and Chad Henney basically interchangeably, the same right? I mean, it's, you know, it's, so like there's a difference between your backup playing in a random week 10 game and, and your backup playing in the conference championship game, especially without, you know, is Mitchell Schwartz going to be able to come back? I, I would be very surprised if Mitchell Schwartz played again. For right. The, for so, the so would I. And I think those are the, those, here's the thing for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have the best quarterback by a pretty decent margin and so all of the any other holes that they have small or big get patched up really well you know Mahomes mm -hmm. is like that flex seal commercial where the guy shows up and there's this gaping hole and he just covers it up and the, the leak stops fantastic right? beard on that guy by the way yeah Mahomes is flex seal for all of your problems he just covers it up you're good to go Chad Henney ain't, ain't doing that right so to me I would get to seven uh, all the way before I would be hesitant to bet the bills. I don't know, uh, football fans, you know, I know that we're engrossed in football, but I'm sure all of you are aware that there is a return happening in another sport that's kind of a big deal. Um, the UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. 
be sure that you're not missing out on what is one of the most highly anticipated fights in a very long time. Obviously, I'm talking about Conor McGregor. He's back in the octagon, and with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can enjoy this like really no one else can. Because with promo code PFF, you can bet one dollar at 257 to one odds, which means you can turn one dollar into 257 dollars. You can do that on Saturday, and then on Sunday, the two championship games, conference championship games, are being played. It's the greatest Sunday in the entire year, and DraftKings Sportsbook is here to make sure your weekend is absolutely awesome. The DraftKings Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and reliable. One of the great things is is it's easy to deposit as it is to withdraw, which is not the case at many other uh, sports books that you know we may have used to know. So go download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PFF when you sign up, and you get one dollar a one dollar bet at two hundred fifty-seven to one odds on McGregor. Um, so go make that happen. Place your bet with DraftKings. You will not regret it. This weekend is going to be awesome. Do not miss out. This is for a limited time only, obviously, so go make it happen. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. There's only a couple of weekends left of football, so if you have not gotten the monkey knife fight yet, there's still some time, but you, you got to hustle. And if you deposit $20 when you sign up, you're going to get, uh, you need to use promo code PFF, but you're going to get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. This is a great time to get it because the draft is coming up. That means you get the draft guide and then it carries you all the way through next season with all of PFF's premium written content, fantasy rankings, all that stuff. So it's a great time to get in on it. $20 deposit, get a $40 value, and then you can play all of the great daily fantasy and prop games at Monkey Knife Fight. Plus they have some really cool merch. Deshaun Rock, uh, Watson rocks it, so maybe you should as well. MonkeyKnifeFight.com, go get it. This podcast is also brought to you by pristineauction.com. Check out their daily auctions with a $1 starting bid on over 8,000 football items that are up for auction, signed helmets, balls, jerseys, and much, much more. Pristine Auction guarantees authenticity on every product. Use promo code PFF for $10 off your first invoice, pristineauction.com. This is the time to get a PFF subscription because you get two best weekends of football games left you get the draft you got free agency coming up and then if you get an annual subscription right now it carries you all the way through next season so you don't have to worry about signing up in july or whatever it is a lot of good stuff on the edge subscription gives you all the premium written content plus all the draft guide stuff um, that mike renner has been working very very hard on there's nothing like it in the entire industry so get that if you're into the draft and if you want to enjoy these last two weekends. That means you need the PFF props tool. I can't tell you how lucrative it has been for both Eric and I and many others that use it. Uh, an absolute lifesaver, plus all the betting dashboards and the DFS optimizer for the last couple of tournaments here. That's with an elite subscription. And if you use promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, you can get a free year of Action Network's Action Pro um, with your elite subscription. So a ton of great stuff out there. And if you're looking for some free content, some good podcasts out there, including the Chris Collinsworth podcast with Richard Sherman. They had a great conversation with Devontae Adams a few weekends ago. Listen to that if you're preparing for this Packers-Bucks game because he talks about the first game that they played, and it's a very interesting conversation. So go to check that out wherever you download your podcast. So let's let's actually talk about this game now. Um, it is Chiefs minus three, yes? I guess that it would be three and a half. What's the total on it? 
it was 51 the last time I looked. Um, 50, no, sorry, the other game's 51. This is game's 54. This has gone down, I think, at half a point. Okay. I want to I take mean, 54 basically. So 54 is saying Mahomes is playing. Th- this, that's what we were saying about the Seattle versus uh, LA game two weeks ago. When you hang a spread, that can be speculative or whatever. When you hang a total, like, and I know limits are lower on totals than they are on spreads this uh, all all over, but also this time of week. But it's it's a it's significant that you that you're laying. I mean, you're basically there's intel here that that Mahomes yeah. is playing. By the way, can I say one last thing about the Browns? Yeah. If the Browns don't do everything in their power to get playmakers this offseason, I don't know what is going on. They're they're a significant regression candidate if they don't. I want to push back on the, oh, Odell would have made a difference here. Stephon Diggs would have made a difference. Odell has not played at Stephon Diggs level, and I am an Odell fan. Like I love watching the guy play, but he just has not been that type of player. They need that type of player to to be a legit contender, right? To give them the ability to come back in these types of games. Um, I went back to week six. Okay. Week six was Bills Chiefs. It was in Buffalo. And this game was very interesting for a couple of reasons. There was some weather. The weather appeared to impact both quarterbacks a little bit. Josh Allen did not play tremendously well. Mahomes didn't play that much. And what I mean by that is the Bills forced the Chiefs to run the ball. In fact, it was the lowest pass rate for the Chiefs all season. Just 45% of their plays were passes. Their average on the season without that game was almost uh, almost 69% on the year. That is dramatic. The the tricky thing about that is they had 27 pass plays. Seven of them went for 15 plus yards. So like the, the Chiefs are so hard to stop even when you force them out of the ability to pass the ball and then they were running the ball for eight yards a clip. It also helped that they had the 245 on the ground. Not all of that was designed. Some of that was Mahomes running mm-hmm. um, when pressed. So my question to you, do the Bills do that again? Or is it a little different with Mahomes' injury? You know, like if he comes out there and maybe the t- yeah, like, yeah. do you want to test him a little bit? I'll say this. If they are confident that Mahomes is healthy, they are smart enough to do the exact same thing. The Bills, the Bills get it, right? Like the Bills, they know that like you're not going to get the explosive plays that you got last time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the or look, you run the simulation a million times and you're not going to get nearly as many situations like they got last time. I still think that's the preferred way to play Kansas City. And to the Chiefs' credit, look, today they were without Edwards Lair. You know, Le'Veon Bell is I mean, might as well have us back there. I have there. a story for you. So I'm watching the pregame, right? And um, it's the CBS pregame. And they have like six people in that pregame. It's a whole cluster. And the players are running on the field. And each guy is calling out who's going to be a big you know, contributor in this game. And I, oh, I don't Lord. know who it was. I want to say it was Cower, bless his heart. And I'm maybe getting this wrong, so don't quote me on this. But goes, the key to this game for the Chiefs is Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> and I'm like... Buddy, you are setting yourself up for <laughs> to be embarrassed. Well, he was the one that was all up in arms about the Colts going for a fourth down the previous right, right. week. So sure enough, it's Daryl Williams just and Daryl played great. Yeah, because uh, what Daryl gets is he goes, yeah, you know, I'm um, I'm a guy that whenever I get a chance, I've got to make the most of it. I can't dance around. I got to hit the hole and I got to get as much as I can. Well, what have I always said? Running backs with low self-esteem are the best running backs. If you don't think you're ever going to get another carry. I want you running the football for me because you're not going to yeah. dance around. I you're feel not like gonna... the low self-esteem thing is a little mean. 
Like really what you mean is guys that are kind of afraid that they might lose their job on the yeah. next carry. <laughs> I don't want entitlement in my back. Yeah, yeah. I don't want top picks. Yeah. Um, and, and he was fantastic, as you would have assumed, for a running back playing in the Chiefs system. Um, a couple other things on this game. So that was the Chiefs side of things, and it held the Chiefs back relative to expectation, right? Um, they still won the game rather convincingly, but the real reason for that was the way that Allen played on the other side. It was his fifth lowest graded game of the season. There was a lot of weather in that game. There was a lot of weather in that game, but you would expect Josh Allen to overcome that. That's the whole narrative around him, right? right? He has huge hands, he can throw it through a tree, like all of these things. But I think there was something really uncharacteristic about this game for Josh Allen. His average depth of target was 11.5. It was his second deepest of the season, just 3.5 yards per attempt, his lowest of the season. That's not what the Bills are. The Bills are not a throw-it-over-your-head-every-time team. It was uncharacteristic for them not to hit those open passes over the intermediate range. I think Dable will have a much better game plan for this game, um, and I would not expect the Bills to be that anemic on, on offense. So what I'm trying to kind of talk myself into is, you know, if, if this gets out to three and a half, if this gets out to four on some encouraging news from Mahomes, I I could see myself well, betting the Bills. We've been pro Chiefs all year. I don't. We we did have a Buffalo ten to one to win the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago, but we're more loaded up on Kansas City than we are Buffalo. I I, I see no issue with taking Buffalo ATS this week. Like, well, what do the Bills? So so you're say, not getting a good number by the way right now right. because you're seeing like plus you know it's two and yeah, a half. I'm not saying bet it now. Yeah. yeah. What um. But I think you should bet the Chiefs now. Like, if you think the Chiefs, if you think Mahomes is overcoming the concussion, which I, I think all signs point to, and you feel as though the toe is not that big of a deal, yeah. then you bet the Chiefs right now. W what do you think the biggest thing the Bills have to do to, like, win this game is? What, what is that for them? Uh, is there a matchup the, they've got to win? Actually, both teams have the same formula. Their defense gets three stops or more, and... Their offense, their offense like converts touchdowns in the red zone, and like there was an interesting stat. By the way, it was an interesting stat where they said the Chiefs are like the worst defense, one of the worst defenses in the NFL in terms of giving up touchdowns and red zone trips, mm -hmm. and the Browns are one of the best at getting touchdowns and red zone trips. And didn't we see a little bit as to why those stats are kind of bunk in that like the Chiefs don't give up that many red zone trips and the Browns don't get in the red zone yeah. that much? So then we saw that was only 17 points today, even though Cleveland was was like two for two in the red zone. So, or actually two for three, I guess, if you count the fumble. Um, the I think both teams are the same, right? You know, the Bills have a little bit stronger corners, um, although, you know, whatever. And and neither team really stops to run all that well, I think, on principle. Mm -hmm. Neither team rushes the passer that great. I know Jerry Hughes had a really good game against Lamar the other day, but they don't. neither team rushes the passer all that great. Both teams are waiting, playing the waiting game for the other team's offense to make a mistake. It's a classic defense-doesn't-matter game. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating because I honestly think that both defenses will play the same way. Yeah. right because both offenses are so similar they're going to pass a ton and they have playmakers and it really comes down to which offense is going to do a better job of creating space in the intermediate area Can I, I just want to briefly talk about the market again kansas city so i do this every week kansas city was plus 200 on our friends at DraftKings sportsbook last week they are still 200 um 
Packers went from about 375 to 220. Uh, Buffalo went from uh, you know that 450-ish range to 325. And Tampa, who is our futures bet for the week, went from plus 900 to plus 450. So the market is sort of taking this like they're they're not the Chiefs are still the prohibitive favorite in to win the Super Bowl, but they're taking kind of a splitting the difference approach because if if you win the first round of the playoffs, your odds should go up. They didn't, but they didn't go down as a as a as a result of as an a result of yeah. an injury that to could most to to player. the most valuable player in all of football, Sands maybe Rogers. Yep. So. That's an interesting thing to monitor because if you like Kansas City, you talk about betting them minus three. Actually, the the play might be plus two hundred because if they come out and just steam Buffalo here, what are they to win? What are they in the Super Bowl? They're, what are they in the they're, Super Bowl against possibly Green Bay? They're three. Yeah. So this is a situation where this might be better. I have to do the math in my head, but this this might be better than the rollover the rollover, the rollover situation. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anything else on, on this game? I mean, if you had to take a side right now at minus three, I am probably taking the Chiefs. Well, here's here's the here's the side. I, here's the pick I like in this one. I like under 54. Yeah, I like under today. I had first half under. I had, um, you know, I had yeah, first half Chiefs. I had, you know, that's, that's a really good play on the Mahomes plays, but turf toast an issue. Oh, and by the way, both these teams are smart and are going to are going to compress yeah. the field. Like, because look, the, the this is actually Which a very sucks. By the way, yeah, very telling <laughs> thing. By the way, the cheat and because I, I watch these things when I have an under. Like I'm I'm like I'm like our buddy Josh Hermsmeyer who like who bets unders too. It's like you you look at these things. The Chiefs got their there's there's their last play of the first quarter ended with 30 seconds left on the clock. And Mahomes turned around and started running to the sideline. Yeah. They didn't even, like, think. They were trying to get out of this game, and, and they were probably smart to do it given what happened, trying to get out of this game as quickly as possible. And I think both teams, when they see that other offense on the other side of the field, are going to be similar. This could get over. This could be the dumbest pick ever because both of these offenses are terrific. We said the same thing about Titans Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, we said the same thing about Baltimore Buffalo. We said the same thing about. Yeah. I mean, the Kansas City Cleveland total was fifty-seven. Yeah. Well, actually, this is. A, I do want to talk about this a little bit. We didn't talk about Bills Ravens that much. Um, were you worried? Which I guess does the, does the Bills' performance against the Ravens worry you at all? You know, they scored seventeen points. It wasn't. It wasn't fantastic. There weren't that many missed opportunities. You know, Josh Allen overthrew a, a wide open touchdown, but that's going to happen. Variances there. Were you wor- were you worried about that performance at all? No. Does that give you any pause? No. Okay. Let uh, let me ask you this about Baltimore because Baltimore was a disaster. Does Baltimore have a no brainer decision to re-sign Lamar Jackson to extend Lamar Jackson? It's not a no brainer. I agree with you. I, I think that the I think that they'll do it, but. And I think that 99 out of 100 people support it, and I'll probably support it. Um, but it's not a no-brainer. Yeah, this is the way I would approach it. It's something that you have to look at carefully, the alternate pathways. It just is. And it's yeah. not, I mean, Lamar Jackson is tremendous. But, um, you know, there are some things that the past, and, and I would say this, the reason ultimately that I would extend him is that I'm not sure you can and we're talking about this with Josh Allen. It's like, they have no weapons. They don't. You know, Marquise Hollywood-Brown is a nice third option. Yep. Mark Andrews is a decent tight end. And that's it. That is it. You also lost your two best offensive linemen this year. 
you've got <laughs> your right tackles rotating every possession. So as bad as that looked for, for Baltimore, and I do think they should consider their options, like you've got to give this guy a chance. You know, you've got to have guys getting open. Yeah, and the problem is, is sort of the window – like last year was obviously the perfect storm, yep. but like you're nearing the end of his rookie deal. Like the next year is sort of the last year to really give him weapons that are high. You're, otherwise, you're going back into the draft, and those guys are obviously cheaper, but they're also more volatile. Um, this is an offseason where there's a number of wide receivers yes. who would make good fits for both. There are a ton. I would say uh, Mr. Allen Robinson should be considered, Will Fuller, um, Kenny G. Your boy, Galladay from the Lions. Um, all right, let's go to Bucks Packers now. As I said, I was prepared. I was prepared for the Saints to go into Lambeau and them to have zero chance. And I tweeted this out a couple of times after the first quarter, at, at halftime. The winner of this Tampa Bay-New Orleans game was the Green Bay Packers. Watching this game at home... Let me set the scene for you. Aaron Rodgers has four fingers of tequila. He's staring at the hologram of the MVP trophy that's already been shipped to him because he has it in the bag. Devontae Adams is hanging out on the couch on the other side. Maybe he's a tequila man as well. And they're cackling. They're just laughing their asses off because the Bucs can't get out of their own way. Drew Brees can't throw the ball downfield and they have to come to, t to Lambeau where it's going to be fucking freezing and they're going to freeze their asses off and the Packers are going to stomp all over them. I still kind of think that's the case. Tell me why I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, people are betting People are betting a little bit into Tampa here. I see it at three and a half now. Well, no, it keeps going back and forth between four and, a, four and three and a half um, on DraftKings here. The, here. Here's the thing, and it, and it was supposedly going to be true this past week with mm -hmm. L.A. You know, if Green Bay's secondary weapons don't step up and play well, there's a chance that they can get hot, you know, they can get caught here, right? Yeah. And if Adams, you know, it, it, Adams is it like the what we should have been focusing on is secondary plays and and the Packers with Tanya and and you know, some of the players there like made enough plays. Yeah, Lazard and Scott. Yeah, Lazard played well. I mean, they missed some. The game could have been stretched out even further. Um, but Rodgers did a really good job of going to the secondary players. They ran the football that, that's well. That's what he's done all year, by and, the way. And Tampa, here's a weird thing. So I think Tampa's obviously an inferior defense to New Orleans, an inferior defense to L.A., but they do one thing better than those two teams do, which is stop the run. And so if and and so if they if they relent on that a little bit, they might have more talent than those two teams and maybe be able to stop what Green Bay did on early downs to L.A., who is like kind of soft against the run by design. And you get Rodgers maybe in some long narrative situations and you get drops by Valdez Scantling, you get drops by Lazard, you get, you know, not necessarily characteristic play out of Adams. To me, that's how Tampa Bay wins. Um, Let me read you something. This game will be in prime time on Fox. By the way, if you're a Fox executive right now, you just bought a yacht because every human on earth is going to watch this game. Um, Brady Rodgers in Lambeau. I mean, this is the perfect matchup. This is this might be an even more perfect matchup for ratings than the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and, and Packers. But on Sunday evening, it will be 24 degrees and snow showers. Now, do I think Tom Brady can play in 24 degrees and snow showers? Yes, I do. Do I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has a chance in hell at stopping 
Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams will have 250 yards against this defense. They're so aggressive. And if it is if there's snow on the ground and it is cold, he is going to eat. Now, I think one of the reasons this line may not get out further is the beatdown that Tampa Bay put on Green Bay earlier this year. It was Rodgers' lowest graded game of the season by a country fucking mile. I mean, it was a disaster, right? The pick six, Adams had a drop that turned into a pick as well. Lost 37-10 or whatever. Chris asked Devontae Adams about this when he had him on his podcast two weeks ago. Go listen to it. Chris Collinsworth podcast with Richard Sherman. They had Devontae on two weeks ago. And he says, what, what the hell went on in that game? And Devontae's response was, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it here. He goes, we just we had no adjustments. We had no game plan for what happens if they blitz. And he said that was kind of a turning point in the season. They realized they had to be so prepared because teams were going to throw a ton of shit at them. Do you think that means that things change here in this game? Yeah. I mean, you also saw, I mean, look, the Packers were favorites in that game in Tampa. People mm -hmm. thought they were going to win. They were up 10 nothing. Um, I know that was the side of the game I liked. Um, and the offense for the Tampa didn't really have to do anything. You know, there, that was a really weird game. I don't think the data from that game matters a ton. It's, it was fluky plays. It was, um, it was, it would just, it, there were things that I, you know, I don't know how much you can take from it. It was, you know, much like Cleveland's whole season, as far as like the games and the weather and all that kind of stuff. So, but when I look again, when I look at this game, like, the, the nice part about this is that, you know, Breeze actually only has one road playoff game his whole career, mm -hmm. the win. Brady has been playing in inclement weather in playoff games his whole career. Yeah. the And so it's much like, I mean, Green Bay doesn't have to be this way, but Buffalo, Kansas City, and Tampa have to be this way. The Bucks have to be scoring on almost every drive, I think, to make this thing close. What's the total on this game? Uh, 51 and a half. So it's a I high will, total. I will and take the over. I, this is might be my favorite play right now. The over in Bucks Packers. Because everyone thinks that the weather, like that snow means you're just going to run the ball into the ground. No, when it snows, you throw it. Like that is what you do. Because the defensive backs are at a much, much, they are way worse off than any other position on the field. So um, I am worried though about how the rest of the Bucks players handle it. And the coaching difference here is astronomical. It's astronomical. The Packers are going to go look at this film of what the Saints did, and they're just going to go, yeah, hey, Rodgers, don't have a noodle for an arm. Don't turn it over all the time. And we'll just play the same. We'll goad them into running the ball with Leonard Fournette on first down. We'll hold them back a little bit. We'll force Brady to hit these deep bombs. They'll miss a couple, and we're going to win the game handily. And then I think the Bucks play catch up, and that's how it goes over fifty-one. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think even then, like your, um, like the weather right now is looking like for the one thing that the Bucks get a break with. The game's at three, so it's the first game. So there's probably gonna be sun, right, to a degree. So it's not gonna like it's not gonna be cold. Oh, this is the day game. This is the day game. So you get. Oh, really? I thought this was the prime. So you get the game. day game. It and again, weather seven days out throw a huge error bars around these things but six mile per hour that's wind a is, bummer this is should be the night game yeah i don't know you're you're wearing a chiefs yeah. shirt well they alternate it right last Br year brady, chiefs was brady rogers should be the night game um so 
they're probably going to essentially like I don't think the weather's actually that bad. So like the over is probably a better play here. Yeah, the cold is the cold is one thing, the snow is one thing. If it was windy and sleeting or something yeah, yeah. like that, I would be nervous about it from a scoring perspective. They they heat the field. Like this is this um, is silly. They heat the the sidelines. I also so right now if I'm looking at these, I at minus 3, I'm taking the Chiefs. I like the under there. At it's minus three and a half Packers. Ah, man, you could take minus three and a half. You're gonna have to pay up a little bit. I think I like the Packers and the over. And I hate it. I hate it because I was all about the Bucks having turned it around, and they just they fucking they said, "Oh, you thought we turned it around?" And they just took a pile of shit and smacked it in my face. Terrible. Uh. So I, I kind of want to, like, look, I kind of want to wait on Chiefs just because, again, okay. like, I, I'm a little worried about the Mahomes thing. Mm -hmm. And if we, and again, we'll have our podcast on Wednesday. We could take that as lock of the week if you'd like it. I, you we going to try and get Nagler on? We could get we Nagler wait? on if we throw out the bat signal. Do oh, does the bat signal have, like, his beard? Dude, he was looking. He was in prime form. I've got to say, though, I was a lot less judgmental of Aaron after the ordeal that I went through today, the Chiefs game. Oh, really? Like, after the game, I was like, like, I hadn't been, I had gotten into such a rut because Kansas City hadn't played a game I was nervous about for, like, since. Oh, you just mean, like, a tilting fan on Twitter. Yeah, like, yeah. I was. Hey, let me tell you guys a little story here. So, I get to the office at halftime of the New Orleans-Tampa Bay game. I am freaking out because I have all this money riding on Tampa Bay. So, I'm sitting there, I'm watching the game, whatever. Eric rolls in, Chiefs, you know, Chiefs out. Eric gets a call from our friend, Seren Petro. So I'm trying to watch this Bucks game, and you and Seren are just going on and on about the Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, it's like the classic two fans talking about their game. I heard, I heard why the touchback rule is a great rule. <laughs> I heard how that helmet-to-helmet -helmet was really questionable. I don't know if you can call it that way. Moving target, this and that. I mean, it was, and I'm telling you this, it was funny. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, it was really, it reminded me that fandom is such a crazy thing. And Nagler does a great job of being a fan. And I, I should say this, in this game, and I mentioned it before, the coaching difference, I think, is huge. I can't understand what Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich are doing. It just makes Bruce no sense Arians to me. Bruce Arians is the Mike Vrabel of this year's championship round. There you go. Yeah, Mike Vrabel would have been very proud of this game script for Tampa Bay. Yeah, mean, he it, was beaming. Not only do they win, but they instill toughness. They, they, they impose their will mm -hmm. on the other team. It was actually quite good. The and, and I look, so and we look, so Kansas City, this is a great, this is a cool feat. So I was thinking about, okay, LeFleur is a repeat person. Is LeFleur the first person? It's got to be George Seifert of the 49ers. First two oh. seasons as a head coach, and made, back it to back. The com made it to the conference title game. Seifert made in 89, and then 90, they lost to the Giants at home to not three-peat. Um, LeFleur did it this time, both two, two straight NFC championship mm -hmm. games to start his career. Um, I think Seifert, one of the, both of those years, they were 14 and two. So, you know, LeFleur is like a rung below in the record book from Seifert. Andy Reid, the Chiefs have hosted the AFC title game three consecutive years. This is the first time it's ever happened in AFC history. The only team to do it in NFC history was the Philadelphia Eagles in the middle with of the Andy 2000 Reed. with Andy Reid. We're, we're dealing with right now coaching 
whether you look at Lafleur, whether you look at you know what McDermott, McDermott and, that and franchise yep. is doing on that side, which is tremendous. I think we are looking at a have and have not situation as far as front offices, as far as coaching, that is where the cream is bubbling to the like. Look, the Ravens have had this tremendous edge for years based on, upon being good at special teams, using all four downs, uh, you know, r- looking for a different maxima on the, the space of how to play football. Yeah, in the draft too. And they, they, come, they hit Buffalo, who does everything similarly, just like a couple-year uh, lag behind them. They, come, they hit Buffalo and the talent differential. Don't you want your coaching staff to make the talent differential a one-to-one like isomorphism with the scoreboard. And that's what happened on Saturday. The Ravens are awesome, but they're like 14, you know, not 14 points worse, but they're worse than Buffalo talent-wise. And that's what transpired. And I think like, and the same thing's happening in Kansas City, the same thing's happening in Green Bay, the same thing's happening when LA faces Seattle. Like what we're seeing, I think, is a awesome sort of evolution where there's like a, a dozen, half a dozen franchises where we don't have to worry about whether or not they're going to do the right thing. And that came, that, that bubbled to the surface this week. Coaching matters. Yeah. Matters a heck of a lot. It'll be interesting to see what Buffalo, you know, you'd assume Dable's gone, but now we just found this out before we started recording the podcast. Brandon Staley is going to be the Chargers head coach. And that that is fascinating um, because, so do they keep Shane Steichen now? Yeah, so that that was it. So our in our defensive coaching rankings, Salah was one all year. Then when what Staley did in round one propelled him to first. So the top two defensive play callers in our metrics are now head coaches yep. in the NFL. Um, Shane Steichen finished the regular season as the NFL's best play caller by our metrics. Just basically means you take the grades, you take what you expect, take the difference, and we're going to call that coaching. And so, you know, the Chargers, bad offensive line, rookie quarterback, receivers kind of banged up. They didn't get a whole lot out of Mike Williams. They didn't get a whole lot of, out of Hunter Henry at times. Running back, Eckler hurt half the year. And they were one of the better offenses in football. If you get, I think if you're Staley, you have to convince Steichen to stay. Mm-hmm. And, I and, would think so too. And, and then, you know, that's a, that's a legit contender with the Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC West, I feel like, uh, as long as you don't get significant regression out of Herbert. So the Chargers went Brandon Staley. The Jaguars went Urban Meyer. The Falcons went Arthur Smith. The Jets, Robert Salah. And the Lions get Dan Campbell, who did a tremendous job coaching Jared Cook today in the Saints' loss. The Texans have yet to get anyone. They appear to be in a lot of, a lot of trouble. That means that Eric Bieniemy is out there. Joe Brady is out there. Would any of those guys be wise to actually take the Texans' job? Somebody described it as going from the least attractive position to the most unattractive position. And that sounds like a distinction without a difference, but mm-hmm. it's not. No. Like, <laughs> you know, that's, it is there, there's two different classes of yep. jobs. I mean, and that's really where I think the league might have to step in and say, like, and I don't know what the league can do. Like, if you if you get rid of Watson, like yeah. you can't force somebody to be the head coach. And if you're Eric Bieniemy or somebody who's like Eric Bieniemy is really the one where you're like, you're wait so long. What's another year? What's another ring with Kansas City? Well, but Bieniemy is not taking that job if Watson's leaving, right? Bieniemy is the guy that Watson supposedly wanted. You would think that the Texans would be making that move to appease Watson and keep him there. Maybe it, that is actually good enough for Watson. But I would be very concerned 
personally, and I, I will find it very interesting. I also think it's very interesting that the Lions hired Dan Campbell, but then again, it's the Lions, so there you go. Anyways, um, I still think Joe Brady is... I, I, I'm interested to know what kind of a person he is, you yeah. know, because Here, I think that's the... Here's my concern with Brady, and maybe why this isn't the year for him vis-a-vis the Houston Texans. He, ha- he doesn't have experience being a head coach, and that that program is going to require some very yes. a very headstrong leader that's a great point you do not have like, an organizational structure that's going to give you this something is a university that's starting over and yeah. you're going to want somebody who's been the dean of harvard you yeah. don't want the best professor at williams college you know what i'm saying right, like right. that's there's a difference there and while if you're in a place that's relative like you take atlanta I have no issue with Arthur Smith going to Atlanta. Atlanta's a stable franchise for the more more or less. Has a bunch of veteran players. Has a bunch of veteran doing. players, has a good infrastructure. Arthur Smith's never been a head coach before at, at the NFL level. It's probably gonna be fine. Um but a, another like if, if it's a if it's a place where like this person's gotta be headstrong and you know hire some people and mm-hmm. you know because the hires in in houston like you think it's going to be hard to find a head coach there yep. try to find an offensive coordinator who's worth this salt because there are not that many of them well but then you look at the eagles and this is another one that's there um the to me dable and Bienemy would be smart to look at the eagles job very carefully because of the structure they have there and it's a you know you don't get head coaching offers every day but they're both in systems and you could say the same about brady because he's been that good calling plays and offensive coaches are so dearly needed like you're going to get another shot right i would not be surprised if one of these guys turns it down maybe dable in particular yeah the the enemy thing's so interesting to me because now it's sort of like you know he can almost it's weird because he should be choosy even though doing so would probably still like he mm-hmm. he'd have to wait longer if i'm the eagles i show some progressivism and though and i say look just because one andy reed disciple left us and didn't work you know with the, yeah. the you know progressivism in that way you know, you could take other differences of that word but like but just say something like look we're not going to ignore the enemy because he happens to have this this same variable that Doug Peterson has, mm-hmm. right? Like we're going to consider him because they're not the same guy, right? Like, you know, so, but I, I think everybody's just assuming that the enemy's not a, not a candidate for Philadelphia because he had, you know, he was also a Reed offensive coordinator, very similar to Doug Peterson. Um, that, that would be something if I were Philadelphia to show like, look, like we're actually going to dot every I and cross every T like you interviewed the enemy as well. Absolutely. And, and that team really probably does need, Given, I mean, the problem with the Eagles is they had veterans on that team that still need to be, you know, they're they're pretty like no, up against better. it. They have veterans that need to be motivated, and a young like hotshot coach might not be the one to do that. That is a very good point. All right, um, I want to close it out on this. This is a question that I had, and I wasn't quite sure what the answer was. So I'm going to ask you: Who um, needs to win on Sunday more, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Well, the easy answer is Rodgers. Because, like, Brady, is there anything Brady could have done this year in Tampa Bay to tarnish his legacy? Yeah, I mean, it could have been a total disaster. Yeah. If I his mean, arm had fallen off. You know, okay. it had been like... what? What's the... Cl- like, so Brett Favre had a really good year for Minnesota, but then was... I mean, 
sent pictures of himself to Jen yeah. Sturger and then like was terrible. Not like a good move. 20 interceptions the following year. Like ran the Vikings into the ground the second mm-hmm. year. Um, Joe Namath played for like the Chargers. I can't remember yeah. if it was the Rams or something. Like he was, most of these guys were kind of awful in their second stints. Kurt Warner had a renaissance. Like there's been, but like, I mean, you won six Super Bowls. Like there's really, and, and the thing about it is it was never going to be so bad in Tampa that it overshadowed the badness there overshadowed the fact that new England was seven and nine, hmm. despite some good variants like new England, other than the COVID stuff, like they had, they caught the chargers on a day where the chargers couldn't like yep. tie their own shoes. Like they, they, you know, the ASCE still had the jets in it. So that was two free wins for new England. New England was kind of like probably more like a four and 12 team if it wasn't for Belichick and some luck. And like, was there any ever anything Brady could have done to overshadow that, given everything that they put him around him? Yeah, yeah. I, so I immediately said Rogers too, and then I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. This season would put such a like if Rogers wins it next season versus this season, you know, and they seem to have a really nice infrastructure there. Things are working out. He does not appear to be aging in a way that's detrimental to him. But for Brady, the importance of this season relative to any other season going forward, I think cannot be emphasized enough, given that it would be him walking into a new place and immediately going to the Super Bowl and the fact that it would be in Tampa Bay. So I think it's a toss-up. I'm still yeah. I'm saving I mean, my The my thing answer. is, is Rodgers is, Rogers does not want to be thrown in a pile of quarterbacks who won one or fewer Super Bowls. But that's where he's at. And Breeze yeah. just entered that pile. Um, Warner has just won. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, look, like it's it's a weird like you know Marino zero like it. It's you know it's it's tough. I my biggest thing is, and maybe this maybe this is should not cloud the answer. The Packers have so much better of a chance to win the Super Bowl should they make it than Tampa does. You are dead on. <laughs> like I so, feel, so, I am so happy that we bet the Packers <laughs> multiple times throughout the season. Because here's the thing: like the if the Packers lose on Sunday, the the gears can spin over what could have been. Yeah. Right. It's why their 2007 loss was never viewed as that big of a uh, as that big of a failure because they were going to go play the 18 and 0 Patriots. Mm-hmm. It was why the you know, it was why the 2011 loss was so much worse because they were actually the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. If the Packers lose to Tampa, they will have missed an opportunity to of a legitimate shot to win a Super Bowl game. Tampa, I just don't like Tampa's. Tampa's be, happy to be here. I it'll think it'll be in Tampa Bay. I believe that Tom Brady may be one of the best motivators to have ever played. In the NFL and that man will have that dude every Sunday morning when he tweets out a hype video half of America passes out they're so juiced up the other half runs through a brick wall so like I, I don't know man the happy to be here thing I think is a little bit overrated I, I he will have those guys absolutely ready to go um, <laughs> so if it's Packers Chiefs I have Chiefs minus three. You agree? Yeah. Okay. If it's Chiefs Bucks, I'd have Chiefs minus four and a half. I I agree with that. 
it was three, closed three the last time they played, and the Bucks have probably only gotten better. And the Chiefs the, stopped all over them. Yeah, like people are going to look and say, "Oh, that game landed three, and they might overreact to it. I would say this. I would say I would put it actually more at two and a half, Green Bay, three and a half, Tampa. Okay, um, I like that. I can get on board with that. Bills, Packers. Bills, Packers would be Green Bay minus three. I agree. That's exactly Ball three. I agree. And um, Bills, Bucks. The game, no. People, man, that's like Brady sticking it to Buffalo yeah. one more time, isn't it? Um, Buffalo minus four. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No way. Minus four? There are going – dude, Devin White is going to give up 11 for 11 for like right, 100. All right, we found it then. If it The betting opportunity that you are waiting for, if you are rooting simply to bet on the game, is Bill's Bucks because there is no way – that it is Bills minus four. Oh, I I would venture they, to, they might hang two and a half, and I'm going to be all over it the way I was all over Buffalo minus two and a half last night. I could see the Bucks being favored by three. Just going to let you know. I don't agree with it, but I'm saying yeah. they the will. The coaching be, differential alone. I agree with you, but I'm saying they will just watch Tom Brady beat the best team in the NFC in Lambeau. Yeah. It will be in Tampa Bay. Okay. Yeah. And there will be question marks around Mahomes no matter what happens if they lose. So you are waiting for Bill's box so that you can bet that game. Um, this uh, will be back on Wednesday, of course, for our normal podcast. Um, I'm going to, should I save my, my bachelor story for then? I think so. Okay. Uh, I have, thank I, you to all the people that came and watched us live. It's quite a few and that's great. I didn't even I'm, know. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually fairly, I mean, this, this is, this is a lot of fun, a lot of fun to do it live. Uh, this was great. We'll do it next week as well. And the games will be a little earlier. That's nice. Yeah. Sunday. Why not? We'll be, we'll be, uh, I, look, I, there's not an outcome that I'll be pissed about. I had, I have the, the wine ready for Eric. Should we need to, to ramp him up? And I have, I have copious bachelor notes. You're, I have a story. You are going to. Laugh. Should I watch some Bachelor this week just to sort of like get? I don't think so. And I mean, there's if you not really anything look, on. If right? you want to, go ahead. But there is a story about the first episode that is going to make you, particularly you, cry laughing, and I absolutely can't wait. So you should tune in on Wednesday for me to tell that story. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, love you all. Hope you enjoyed the football. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.